0: Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And good Lord almighty folks, it may be summer, but there is a great deal of news coming out of the NBA. And I am more than thrilled to be joined by my brother, Nicholas Oson, in the beautiful state of Iowa. Nick, we are here to recap the NBA draft from last week and kind of look ahead into free agency come Thursday. I am more than fired up because things are pretty bleak on the baseball side of town. And we're a couple months out from football. But how you doing tonight, my brother?
1: Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, even though we're not really getting super into some of the live sports right now, per se, there is plenty to talk about and plenty to write about here with the work-wise as well. I am not getting too many nights off.
0: Nick, they've got to work you to the bone, get prepared for football season. That's all I have to say because the Cyclones are coming in hot on my wedding day against SEMO, followed by the CyHawk game on September 10th. So God only knows what's ahead of us on the Cyclones front. Folks, thank you for tuning in and strap in for a wild one. And as always, jump. up. All right, Nick, the 2022 NBA draft just occurred back last Thursday. And I know on our previous episode, I was highly touting a man by the name of EJ Liddell to be drafted by the Chicago Bulls. And part of that was because I watched a great deal of him over the last couple of years at Ohio State I saw him tear up the court against great teams like Illinois, Wisconsin, even Iowa. So, I was quite excited to see the Bulls take him in the 18th pick and that was far from what happened. My beloved Chicago Bulls ended up taking Dalen Terry out of the University of Arizona. I was certainly stunned by the pick, but as the days have gone along, I am becoming increasingly more excited for the stretch guard. Hopefully, we can move him into a small forward known for his defensive prowess. Nick, I need your insight on the newly minted Chicago Bull, number 25 out of U of A.
1: I felt that the number choice that was obviously pretty fresh news is really cool. And you know, I don't blame you at all for your initial reaction because you had a couple guys that you were hoping your your squad took. And obviously, I'd say I'm probably a little more keyed on, you know, some of the guys that aren't maybe the biggest names. I told you right away, Bulls aren't my team necessarily, but, you know, I always want them to do well. And it wasn't necessarily the player that I wanted for them. But I believe that as long as their plans go as they kind of hope for this summer, it fills a need. I think that he's a little bit of a better scorer than his stats kind of show. I know that he's not going to fill it up every night in the NBA, but they don't need him to right? If you've got Vooch, DeMar obviously, and then the Zach Levine plans, you know, go as they should with the bulls, both sides seem to kind of expect that he's a guy you can plug and play right away as a seventh through ninth guy on a contending team. He'll get plenty of run in the regular season. You're, You're nodding in a lot of of agreement, which makes me feel good about kind of my prep and assuming what Chicago and the fans are hoping from him. And I think he's someone that will impress with, you know, kind of his length, versatility and athleticism at that combo guard spot. I like him a lot to fill in the end of the Bulls rotation.
0: Nick, you're making me feel a great deal better about this pick. Like I mentioned on draft night, I was kind of stunned because EJ Liddell was so... Closely tied to the Bulls throughout the pre draft process. You know, obviously being a forward, kind of a grinded out guy down low. But Dalen Terry, I was able to watch his introductory press conference today, and I'm getting more comfortable with the pick. You mentioned him paying a little homage with that number 25 jersey. I absolutely love it. Benji from Simeon. Obviously, we know Derek Rose and so many Simeon legends wore that because of Benji. And so he recognized that. I believe he mentioned that his uncle actually played with Benji back in the day. And of course, tying in the Arizona Wildcat connection, Steve Kerr, Bulls great, wore number 25 with the Bulls, and of course, is an Arizona Wildcat. So. He's definitely hitting the sweet spot with Bulls fans. I am just, you know, a little concerned in terms of using that high of a draft pick on a guy that we know is not going to light up the scoreboard in any respect. And someone that, yes, you're right. He has the ability to score more. Obviously, Ben Matherin for Arizona took care of that in their 33 wins last year. But in terms of Dalen Terry, I love him coming off the bench and joining forces with Alex Caruso in the defensive effort. I think AK made an obvious statement by taking Terry and saying, we already have a great deal of offense coming from our big three in Lonzo, Zach, and DeMar. Vooch will make some big shots, but I'm just looking forward to seeing him play maybe a little bit in summer league. And also, once October rolls around, seeing where he fits in that lineup, like you mentioned, maybe the first few guys off the bench.
1: Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, AK spoke today, I believe. And, you know, there seems to be a lot of confidence with Levine. I would still put Vooch in that big three over Lonzo as as much as I like Lonzo's game. I think that he provides a lot more offensively. But you know, now we're, we're kind of fresh off the Kyrie news, and I'm thinking about how the Bulls can kind of make that next jump. There was plenty of talk about a Rudy Gobert trade. We've talked about that, I think, even on here, and I'm fully in support of it. But I still like what the Bulls are doing as long as they secure Zach.
0: Nick, I don't think there's any concern whatsoever as we head into free agency just two days from now that the man himself... Zach Levine, Flight 8, two-time All-Star for the Chicago Bulls, will be signing the max five years, $212 million to stay home and be none other than the face of the franchise for hopefully five years and a decade to come because he's only in his mid to late 20s right now. And... I think he is on the path to stardom to the levels of Bulls greats in Derrick Rose. Of course, you can't mention him in the same breath as Michael Jordan. But in terms of being the face of a franchise, this city has bought into Zach Levine's greatness. And as long as he and DeMar DeRozan are on the same page like they were last year, I think the Bulls are poised for a first-round victory. the playoffs moving into the second round so long as we can secure some help at the center position and that's what I wanted to ask you Nick as we look ahead to free agency on Thursday the Bulls did not make that draft night trade that we mentioned with Rudy Gobert can you see them shipping out a guy like Kobe White possibly Vooch and some future picks for a center or Do they go after a free agent like Andre Drummond, who, of course, has had a great deal of production in this league?
1: Yeah, if you can't get the big one, if you can't get Rudy Gobert, maybe DeAndre Ayton, which I have not heard a lot of connections with Chicago, then I think you maybe just go for a low-risk free agent. I think that, obviously, health was a major issue last year. The Bulls are expected to contend, but they're not expected to, per se, win the East or get to the finals. I think that, Winning a playoff series is is a pretty solid, you know, kind of goal. Obviously, the guys are going to want more. And I believe their ceiling is high enough to get more, especially if you get kind of some luck with other teams lacking chemistry like we've seen from Brooklyn or, you know, injuries down the road or just simply matchups, which you don't wish for. But you see, seem to see in every playoff series, truly a big example of the last two years. I think that the Bulls have a real shot. I don't think you risk too much at this point as long as the chemistry's there. And I don't think that the personalities and things of that ilk are, are really of any issues in Chicago. I just I, I imagine I know how you feel because Zach is one of my favorite players and I love him in Chicago. So I think I'll feel a little better once he kind of signs the dotted line.
0: I appreciate you mentioning the fact that this group of players will want more. In terms of, yes, getting past the first round is a step in a positive direction. But we have to factor in that the series against the Bucks in April, they did steal a game on the road. And they were without their starting point guard in Lonzo Ball, who is one of the greatest playmakers in this league right now and doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. You know, he missed a majority of the season. And the Bulls were banged up all year, whether it was COVID with Zach Levine or Alex Caruso having his wrist broken in Milwaukee. This team has not played at full strength yet, and they still managed to make a playoff run. So I'm ready to reload with this group. Dale and Terry is a great addition. I wasn't over the moon with the pick, but that's because I love to score the basketball. And Karnashovas is emphasizing defense with this pick because we couldn't hold the team under 120 points we had to outscore them every night and dale and terry i'm hoping that he can move into a small forward spot off the bench because we already have a plethora of guards on this roster so nick kind of moving into some of our interesting picks that we noticed last thursday night and some major NBA news that just occurred just a few minutes before our recording. I wanted to mention a couple picks that I was stunned by, and I want to hear some of your favorite picks, but I talk about the Bulls at that 18th spot. I was holding out hope on Ochai Baji, the national champion, falling to the Bulls, and Cleveland seems to be building something special over there. Obviously, they've got a young all-star in Darius Garland and a stud in Evan Mobley. They go out and get arguably the most important player on that Kansas National Championship team in Agbaje. I can't seem to find a better fit for him. That's a young group that's building something toward a playoff trajectory. So I was happy for him, but wouldn't have minded him also dropping to the Bulls. And then I talked about E.J. Liddell earlier. Good Lord, did that man fall deep into the depths of the draft. 41 to New Orleans. That man was projected 18 all the way to the Bucks at 24. And he fell mid-second round. I was disappointed to see it because I truly think he's a special player on both ends of the floor. Someone that can grind it out for 40 minutes a game. And he might not even be seeing the floor much uh, with New Orleans next year.
1: Yeah, that one even hurt me a little bit. I think he will get some playing time. He was one of my absolute favorite players to watch really in the college game, especially when I watched some big 10 hoops was Liddell. I think that Ochai was, Inarguably the most important player on that team, though, in the big ones, David McCormick was huge. And then one player that I grew to really like, and and my Cyclones readers won't love this, but, you know, covering the Big 12 this year and truly even before that was Christian Brown. Obviously, another Jayhawk national champion getting taken to what I think is a really good fit, the Nuggets. Similar to what I said about the Bulls, he's not going to be asked to come in and and start and drop 15 a game, though he's someone that I think could not average it, but get that once in a while in the NBA. He's relatively quick with the ball, he can shoot the lights out, he's athletic, and his defense is actually what's really going to keep him on the floor a decent amount. The Nuggets knew that that's something that they needed to improve upon, and I think that was a beautiful match for them in what they're trying to achieve, which is getting to be championship or bust for one of your favorites, Nikola Jokic.
0: Nick, I absolutely love Christian Brown going to the Denver Nuggets and you mentioned his three point shooting ability. I have a feeling that Nikola Jokic is going to have a blast kicking the ball to him in the corner and sinking a few buckets at ball arena next season especially with Jamal Murray's timetable kind of up in the air, as well as Michael Porter Jr. I think Brown can benefit from that and make a name for himself early in the season before those guys can get back at full strength. And what I absolutely loved from him on draft night, he said it was time to hang a banner in Denver and good Lord, did he speak it into existence Uh different team, but. The Colorado Avalanche is hanging a banner in Ball Arena. And hopefully that will be some good karma for the Nuggets uh, in years to come.
1: I do think Jokic is too good of a player not to end up with a ring. Although I wouldn't put him quite at Giannis's level. I know you would. And many people were saying that about Giannis. Obviously the LeBrons of the world. KD. And he really is at that level. I mean, he's a back-to-back MVP at this point, which is simply incredible. I always give you credit, not only for thinking he was good, but just liking him so early because many either didn't or just didn't know about the guy. I, I think it's really cool. I think he's an incredible story. And for, for Christian, I didn't realize that joke when I first saw the tweet about the avalanche. So then I was actually looking through his feed and, I thought that was hilarious. I think that people will really like him. And I, I'm not too worried about Jamal's timeline anymore because I see he's doing some work. I believe I saw with Team Canada. Been on Twitter a lot with this job. So I, I think I saw that. And that's a really good sign for Denver. As long as Jokic is healthy, you've got a playoff team. So that's all that necessarily needs to be said there. But the draft is interesting.
0: Nick, I'm grateful for you sending that love my way in terms of the two-time MVP the Joker, and I recently had this conversation with a friend of ours, and I know you'll be able to guess who it may be in terms of the Giannis and Jokic discussion. I'll be the first to say that Giannis is the most dominant player in the NBA right now, but in terms of all-around skill, whether it be playmaking, scoring, defense, Nikola Jokic has to be respected. This man is a two-time MVP, and the Denver Nuggets would be at the bottom of the league without him. That is a fact. He's a walking triple-double, and he hasn't gotten the respect he's deserved even with the two MVPs because he's overlooked with his team's success in the playoffs or lack thereof when he doesn't have his full team around him when you mention a guy like Jamal Murray or Michael Porter. so. Look ahead to the future and you'll see Nikola Jokic's number in the rafters. He's already had a Hall of fame career as far as I'm concerned.
1: Without a doubt, he's a two-time MVP. I believe there are only just over 10 players that can say that. I want to say there are 12 or 13. Not necessarily an impressive defender, but he can hold his own. And yes, yeah, simply one of the most complete offensive basketball players we've ever seen especially in our era.
0: Hands down the greatest passing big man the game has ever seen. I will say that, and I'll stand by it until the end of time. Nick, kind of as we round out the show here, some major news, I truly believe. One of our favorite players since college at Kentucky, John Wall, was bought out by the Houston Rockets tonight, and – He is cashing a $40 million check not to play a second for the Rockets this past season or the season to come. And he is free to sign with any team he likes. The first reports are that he'll be joining the Clippers, which I think that is a perfect fit. But I want to know your thoughts on that move because I'm curious to hear about the Reggie Jackson or John Wall discussion.
1: Well, I'll have to see the numbers. I think it's awesome because we do love him and I want to see the guy play. And the Clippers, though they're technically a rival of a team I cheer for a lot, I think they're actually a really likable group. Though they made the blockbuster deal to get Paul George, I think that a lot of these guys have built this really tight knit unit. Obviously, I like Ty Lu. And I'm just excited to see what Wall can bring at this point. I don't think he's going to be John Wall. I do think he can still play and, you know, shouldn't be a scrub out there. I don't expect him to necessarily start. I'm not sure about you, but I think he's a guy that can be instant offense and ideally bring a lot of leadership and, you know, experience. I mean, there was at one point he was a top four or five guy in the whole league at his position. And a top 10 to 12 players. So I'm happy for him, and it'll be interesting to see what the Clippers can do as I want to say they have the fourth best odds to win the NBA Finals next year.
0: Nick, I think the Clippers only got better with this move, and that's kind of what I was alluding to in terms of Reggie Jackson. He kind of holds his own at the point guard position for the Clippers, and John Wall, you know, he spent a lot of time Injured or sitting on the bench because Houston didn't want to play him this past year. I still think he can go in and light it up on the offensive end. Of course, they won't need him to score nearly as much as he did as a wizard because of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But if you give him starter minutes, I still think that John Wall is capable of scoring 18 to 20 points a game and he won't need to do nearly that on this team so i think it'll be a perfect fit if healthy and the clippers are poised for possibly a championship run in the west if Kawhi leonard the claw is healthy
1: i completely agree i think that if those two guys are on the court it's kind of a put up or shut up type year you know pg literally after lebron and chris paul is my favorite player in the world i've been High on, high on that man, as you say, for like 10 years now, it's, it's incredible since those heat pacers battles with LeBron. So I really hope that those guys can stay healthy. I'm not a Clippers fan, but I like a lot of what they do. And though I'm not necessarily always in favor of how the game changes, I kind of like how many just versatile three and D guys they have. Obviously the two stars, but some of the moves they made in the last year or two as well. Throw in Terrence Mann, many college guys that I enjoyed. We'll see what happens with Zoo and then John Wall now, but it'll be fun to watch.
0: Nick, I am forever grateful for your insight, and I am more than looking forward to Thursday as Zach Levine will be signing his monster deal with the Bulls, and hopefully they'll be able to continue making splashes with a big man added to the roster. So thank you for joining me, my brother, and I'm hopeful next week we'll be talking about some major moves around the NBA, hopefully benefiting both of our teams in the Bulls and the Lakers. So thank you for tuning in, folks. And as always, just bear down forever.